Matt Morton here with VC Ram Nation, the podcast. It's been a little while since we have done a podcast, but uh, we've re- always enjoyed it, so we decided to bring it back. I'm joined today with Matt Shelton Ide, Michael Hagen, Marcus Schrock. VCU's coming off of a three game win streak. We had v- Duquesne on the road, a fun George Mason game at home, and then George Washington on the road. Um, the Rams were picked in the preseason to finish in, at seventh, and right now we're sitting at the number two spot, battling for that double bye in the A-10. Let's start off by talking about that VCU win over George Mason at home at the Stew last Saturday. It felt like a really solid win, a lot of momentum with the Rams in the second half in particular. Um, what were your all takes on that game? Yeah, I mean, I thought, um, obviously, you look at the final and you think, oh, wow, that was great. But I, I certainly feel like there was some more. Uh, the final wasn't necessarily uh, indicative of uh, exactly every minute of the game. Yeah, it was definitely a, a huge momentum in the second part of the second half of that game. I felt like where at one point, the biggest, the biggest moment for me in that game was at one point um, – you know, it was tied, I think, at like 42 or something like that. And uh, Michael Gilmore hit those back-to-back threes. Uh, Kel Sims hit a three as well to go on a basically a 9-0 run, which gave us a, a nice little um, advantage there. Yeah, that was kind of <clears throat> that was kind of the the backbreaker in that game. I think um, up until that point, it had been sort of uh, you know each team had sort of gone on runs vcu had for the most part i felt like held their held the game in their hands um it didn't at no point did i really feel like we were going to lose that game but we just weren't pulling ahead you know like i wanted to but once those nine points came it was just i think it just crushed the will of of george mason one one thing that really stood out to me was um, I know you know George Mason obviously was at that point in time one of the top teams in the league. Um, their their guard Justin Kyer was averaging like eighteen points, ten rebounds. He was averaging a double double, um, and then we held him, I think, to Just like five points. Five points, yeah, five points, five rebounds. Uh, yeah, which was crucial. Um, he also fouled out, which is crucial. And, yeah, uh, and Matt Shelton, you wrote the um, pregame article on that. Uh, what was your, what were your thoughts on, you know, that the posture of that George Mason team at that point in time? Well, one of the things that I noticed from when I, you know, I was doing the preview was Kyer has obviously been getting a lot of the hype, but. I noticed that when Otis Livingston struggled, so did Mason. And so Kyer could have games, but basically there was an insane stat. It was something like when when Otis Livingston was held to single digits his entire career there, which is almost a full four years, there was something like 3-25 or something. And they were 1-6 this year, and that one win was against North Carolina Central. So while Kyer has been getting the headlines this year, to me it was all about shutting down Livingston. And we held him to four of 12 shooting, uh, one for five from deep, and to 10 points. And actually, when we swept him two years ago, when Will Wade was our coach, um, 
he, we held him to a 10.5 point average that season. So that was the main thing I was looking for. But it was bonus points that we held Kyer to one of 10 shooting. Um, and that obviously just proved to be too much. My, my main fear was um, obviously every team's different team when they're hitting threes. And that's no different with Mason. And to hold them to 10% shooting from deep, you know, that was, that was pretty much all she wrote. So I thought it was, uh, we did a good job. Obviously, they, they fought back. Even, even when we went up nine, I think they cut it back to like five. So they, they hung around there. But um, I just overall, I thought it was a good win um, against a pretty good George Mason team. Who were you guys most impressed with on the VCU roster in, in that game? Well, I think, I mean, Isaac Van carried a lot for us that game. Um, yeah, he 21 was, points. He's just consistent, you know, barring the, the, the last game, actually, the George Washington game. Um, that I feel like that dude has just been consistent for us all year. And sort of as Isaac Van goes, uh, the team goes, feels like to me. Uh, I'll throw out a bonus uh, as well was... We got uh, Marcus Evans in foul trouble, and late in that game, Marcus Evans only played 26 minutes, and there was a point late in that game, obviously during that big run with Gilmore and Kel, where P.J. Bird was out there, and it was a tie game, and uh, you know I was thinking, oh man, this we're this is this is a tough place to be with Evans on the bench, but I thought P.J. even though he only had two points, gave ECU very good minutes. And he did a great job of shutting down Livingston. So I thought he was kind of a sneaky, yeah. not really the MVP of that game. Obviously, Isaac wins that easily. But I thought he, he played a big role in the yeah, win. He had crucial minutes. I think what was really interesting to me about his time in the game at that point, you know, I think Evans came out because of cramps or something. He had obviously had, like, some kind of injury going on there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, like P.J. Bird played – kind of with a different mindset during that period of time. It almost felt like he was the, he knew he was the guy. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the you know, backup point guard filling in. He was the guy at that point in time. And it, I just felt like it was a mindset change for him or something, you know. Um, I think I think also um, his rotation <laughs> is changing a little bit. You know, I think Malik is coming in less for Evans now and PJ might be the first person off or off the bench to, to spell Evans. And he's still young, you know? I mean, yeah, we, we're into this year, you know? We're about probably halfway through conference play or whatever, but it's still just his first year. And really all it takes is, you know, a guy who plays limited minutes to come in and have a game like that where you can build confidence. You know, and that can just change everything. I mean, we've seen plenty of point guards their freshman year uh, struggle early. Um, and then it's just one game where something happens and it, it starts to make sense. You know, they're not playing high school basketball anymore. Uh, it's a different game. I, yeah, I also feel like I've seen from him a much more aggressive defense. I feel like he's just like, all over his guys when he's when he's in the game now, you know, like at a, just a, a higher level of defense from him. I don't know if it's like guys are realizing like, okay, if I want to earn minutes with Rhodes, the way to do this is to be as aggressive like as possible on defense. Yeah, 
and not not so much on the de defensive end, but um, Marcus Santos Silva, um, ten points in the last two games, but he's just uh, super consistent, and I like this. I like seeing uh, his growth. Um, and uh, kind of what he contributes and just sort of his uh, tenacity out there. Um, he, oh. I just kind of like his footwork I, too I think, in the paint. I think one of the things about him too, um, Corey's given us good minutes as is Gilmore, but um, I think it's been shocking for VCU fans to see just how good we are when he's on the floor. Um, he's He's having a sensational year. He... If you, I, I did a tweet the other day basically about advanced um, statistics, and he's right up there in a bunch of them, but particularly on defense. And really, when you look at what we've improved on the most this year, it's been defense. And if you look at the big change, that's been Santa Silva. Um, and so he, that he's kind of the identity of this year's team, even though obviously Evans will get a lot of the headlines because he scores a ton. But Santos Silva has been insanely efficient on offense, and he has been our defensive stopper, and he's just incredibly solid, and he's only a sophomore. So I think he's, he, and to, in my opinion, he's probably the MVP of the year so far for us, which is shocking. I don't think any Ram fan would think he'd even be in the discussion after last year. Yeah, certainly one of the most consistent players we have on the roster. Well, he's he's averaged, uh, well, he's had a double-double in, two of the last three games so and it's kind of the second quadrant if you will of the a10 he's been just awesome um, and he's just a sophomore you know yeah um here's here's some dorky stats for you guys but these are things he leads the the atlantic 10 in one is overall box plus minus which is a stat that is skewed by good teams but still he's number one um in the entire league he he leads the A-10 in defensive rating and win shares per 40. So basically, we're just better when he's on the floor. And I think um, he's, in, in my opinion, I, I think he has got a great case for um, most improved. And he should, I think he should definitely be in all-conference selection and can maybe make an argument for first, if definitely not second team, but, but yeah, first or second team. Yeah, I think also... Um he knows his game really well. You know, he, he, he's never taken any threes. He, uh, you know, he, he's gotten better at his free throw shooting. I think he shot like 40% or somewhere around there last year, and now he's at like 53, so there's improvement there. I think if you compare him last year to this year, he's just every category has improved, you know? Oh, for sure. And, it, I mean, just while we're on the stats, uh, Justin Tillman was a first-team player last year, and he felt automatic. He had an effective field goal percentage last year of 58.8%. This year, Marcus Santos Silva has an effective field goal percentage of 58.7%. Yeah. And so I think that's just kind of shocking because I know when he had some issues last year when he would get in, I think he really feared messing up and getting pulled. And so this year, just him playing with confidence, it's... I think it's striking just how good he's been with that confidence on the floor. Yeah. And also you factor in how great our defense is and how much of a part he plays in that as well, you know? Right. Because uh, when Justin Tillman was on the floor, that wasn't always the case. You know? Right. So. Well, I mean, if you if you drill down into the, the rosters last year, the two big differences obviously are point guard 
and at the center position. Um, last year we started Derry, we started Isaac, and we started Sean, and then we had Johnny and Justin. Um, last year our defense was ranked 156th in the country. This year we ranked seventh in the country, and so there have been two positions where those have changed, and you got to give a lot of credit to what I call the law firm of Marcus and Marcus. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. the guys who have been getting it done. Yeah. Um, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about this, the uh, George Washington game. Um, you know, VCU held George Washington to just 50 points. Um, my, you know, I, I've been kind of saying, you know, it was a difficult game to watch because – you know, it, it's, it was really all about defense. I felt like, you know, we shot very poorly from deep. I think we shot 15% from three-point yeah. range, three for 20. Uh, George Washington, you know, just the same, you know, very similar. Um, but a win nonetheless. What were you guys' uh, take on that game? I feel like <clears throat> we shot too many threes. Um, like, I mean, like you are saying, that's, that's easy – to say today, you know, that we were 3-20, and 20, uh, we should have shot less. Um, but overall, even with a 15% three-point shot, I mean, we still shot like 43% on the game. So that was something like 20 of 30, 34 from the floor. So we were shooting well from was, two, you know, almost 60% yeah. from inside the arc. Um, and surprisingly, uh, you know, in, like I was just saying, in, in contrast to, to the Georgia Mason game, Isaac Van was only two of those points. Um, but Marcus Santos Silva, again, just consistent, like Michael was saying. I think what really sort of affected the offense in that was just how much zone they played. And they played a lot of 3-2 yeah. and just threw out looks that we really haven't seen much this year. And they did a good job of kind of keeping us um, from doing what we've done the best these past few week, which, weeks, which is just get downhill and attack the basket. And it was hard to attack the basket because you had, you know, three guys out there standing in front of you at all times. And so I think that really sort of stunted the offense. But luckily, we defended. And that was something I had, I had hoped would happen because they were one of the worst offenses in the country and one of, one of the best defenses. So it wasn't pretty, but that was a major banana peel we avoided. So a yeah. win is a win. Yeah, especially a, a, a road win in the conference. Um, one stat that jumps out to me is that uh, Marcus Santos Silva you know, scored double digits, but yet he had more rebounds than he had points. Uh, he had <laughs> 11 rebounds to 10 points. Yeah. So you, you love seeing that from your, um, from your starting uh, – forward or center whatever we're calling them that, that would have been an awful game to lose um yeah kind of like you were saying matt but coming up on saturday we've got saint bonaventure on the road and this is a team that uh you know played very poorly in the out-of-conference schedule but is five and four in the Atlantic <laughs> 10 right now and i feel like they're the kind of team that can can uh bust some some A-10 brackets, if you will. So uh, has yeah. anyone had a chance to kind of think through what that game <laughs> might look like? Well, I'll say one thing, just a comment on basically their early struggles, is they didn't have Courtney Stockard, who obviously oh. was great for them 
last year, especially late in March. Um, you know, the, he had 26 and a win against UCLA. And so, um, but they didn't have him for what? One, two, three, four, five. Their first six games, and they went uh, one and five in that stretch. And then if you look at a lot of their losses since he's been back, um, these are the good teams. In the non-conference, their four losses with him were the top 100 teams. And they've just been um, basically getting healthy and getting a little more mature. They've got probably the one of the freshmen of the year, maybe between him and um, uh, Sincere Carey from Duquesne. This kid, Kyle Lofton, he's been very good. For them and then they have um one of my favorite big men in the league i don't even know how you pronounce it but this kid osun osuniyi uh 6'10 freshman who basically blocks everything he's kind of their mo bomba of sorts and he had 22 rebounds the other night against duquesne so they're a rebuilding team you lose two sensational guards like jalen adams and and matt mobley and it it takes you a while to sort of get into a groove after that but Somehow Mark Schmidt just kind of figures it out each year. And they're figuring it out now, and they're becoming a dangerous team. Yeah, And just to uh, catch people up, uh, they were a preseason pick, uh, preseason pick ninth, and they're currently 9-13 uh, and 13 and 5-4 and four in the conference. Right, and they're sneaking up. I mean, 5-4, and four, think about, you know, if they are to, to beat us, I mean, they're six and four all of a sudden, and they're right in this race to sort of creep into the the top four. I think it's probably a foregone conclusion at this point that the the champs either going to be Davidson or us, um, most likely Davidson based off their record. But but Bonnie has a real chance to sneak into a top four and get that double buy. Yeah, I mean, there's still so much time left. You know, Half any, of season, anyone yeah. anyone can can work their way into that top four. You know, at this point, and I don't, I don't think anyone loves going to Olean to <laughs> yeah. play. You know, I, I think that that's, that's sort of a, not necessarily the easiest place to go into and and come out with a win. Yeah, and Davidson um, obviously just beat them there. Actually, the uh, odd sort of stat is they've lost their last two home games. They lost to Davidson and Dayton, which, like us are basically a team trying to win a championship. And so we got to see if we can match what those two did. But that's a tough game, especially as they're gaining confidence, especially after a solid road win at Duquesne. Well, let's change gears here for a minute and take a moment to talk about roster a little bit. I'm a huge Vince Williams fan, and um, I just felt like he was so clutch against George Washington down the stretch. Uh, he hit a couple free throws, got a block. Um, I think he got some points in the paint. <laughs> in the last, you know, couple of plays there, he was crucial. Um, and I think it's just indicative of the type of player that he is. Now, I know, you know, statistically, he has not been perfect. Uh, I think he has one of the lower three-point percentages on the team. But um, he just really, to me, seems to be a clutch player player uh and i'm really excited about him uh over the next you know three and a half years well one thing i like about vince williams is that he's uh certainly not afraid to just drive to the basket yeah 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 he'll put the ball on the floor well vince he 
he looks like that guy who basically all the good VCU teams had, which is a yeah. Travion or Bradford Burgess type. Basically an undersized four who's just a bit of a matchup problem. Um, and he, who, you know, obviously looks, uh, plays sort of uh, more mature than his class um, suggests he, he is. But I, th- I think he obviously there's a lot of room for improvement. He's really got to cut down on the turnovers. The turnovers yeah. are really yes. hurting him. Yeah. Statistically, he's not a big th- three point shooter, but but he plays to his strength. He doesn't doesn't shoot a lot of threes right now. Although I think that that's something that'll come. Yeah. But basically, if he can cut down on his turnovers, he will become kind of an elite player for us sooner than later. But right now, his turnover rate is super high, and that's really affecting his overall numbers. But just like you saw with that tip in late, I mean that was kind of a a dagger against yeah. GW. So I feel like he's had a few of those types of plays. Yeah, I think I think he's. Moments, you know? I think he also has some uh, some stats that, that won't, necessarily, won't necessarily show up in front of you uh, post game, but um, his ability to draw a foul um, on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is. Is really pretty impressive, you know. Uh, his presence of mind to plant his feet, take a charge. Um, I mean, he's he's gotten away with some acting on a couple of them, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, when it's for your team, you you hardly find offense to that. Um, sort of on that stat of drawing fouls with him uh, in a ten play, Marcus Evans leads the conference. In fouls drawn per 40, he's number one. Uh, Marcus Santos Silva is third in the conference. And Vince Williams, uh, excuse me, Vince Williams is sixth in the conference. Wow. At fouls drawn per 40. So that's a, that's a very underrated thing when yeah. you've got three guys getting big minutes um, that can just handcuff the other team like that. I, I think uh, that's, yeah, especially that they're, you know, two of the three are... A freshman and a sophomore, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, one other thing that I would point out, I feel like, um, you know, Dariante Jenkins, you know, one thing that I kind of have, haven't really put much thought into until recently is how much he's improved as a defensive player. You know? For sure. I can just, I can just remember so many situations last season where I just felt like he just wasn't, putting enough effort in and now he's just you know he's completely done a 180 there yeah i think him and isaac last year there there felt like times on the defensive end where they were just like waiting to get to the other end of the court to get shots up but um those guys have been a problem they're so long um they can just you know close lanes up real quick and you know to have guards that can rebound like that too is just like you know, not a lot of teams have have those kind of guys at this level. So, he's been he's been r- r- having a really good uh, a ten play in particular. Yeah, I think Isaac Van is our second leading rebounder right now. Um, yeah, and, and he's, I, he's I just been it. locked. He's just been locked down on defense. You know, he's constantly getting assigned with uh, the best player on the other team. Um, on that sort of note, while I'm just talking about these dorky stats and I dropped that, uh, fouls drawn per 40 
in terms of defensive rating, and of course this is skewed a bit if you have a good defense overall, but VCU has four of the top six players in the conference in defensive rating, and two of those guys are guys we just mentioned, Isaac Van and Darionte Jenkins. So they, they, they both have really brought it this year. And then there's the uh, mystery of um, Keyshawn Curry. I, I don't think there, I think there's the no legend. mystery there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that dude's, I, but that dude's I think gonna... what's, what's really cool is he's starting to see a little bit more playing time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. You're getting little hits of it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is the, the leading shooting percentage on our team right now with yeah. 77%. <laughs> I think Smaller. he had some, uh, some early um, All-time leader. in the... Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's not getting junk minutes right now. He's getting some decent Mm -hmm. little looks, Mm -hmm. opportunities. He's not getting getting big minutes, but, you know, they they didn't bring him in when the game was iced against GW. They brought him in, I think, even in the first half at some point. He only played four minutes, but, you know. I I think that everybody sort of feels the air about him, though. You know, he's so so confident. For sure. It's the little things that, like, you know, he, he'll get, he'll, once he gets the little things, you know, his minutes will increase and he'll start seeing that time. But like, once those things click, man, that dude's gonna be lethal. Like, his ability to put the ball on the court and like, just like, that dude knows he's gonna dunk it yeah. before he gets across the three point line. And well, he, just he just will. <laughs> he just knows how to position, position himself to score. You know, he just knows how to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Um, I, I think the thing that's hurts him right now is, um, and this is what happens often with freshmen, is he's on a team with Darionte Jenkins and Isaac Van, you know, yeah. and he's a freshman. And also you got Malik there too. And so, you know, sometimes it's, that's just, it's just a matter of some minutes clearing up. And, you know, look at Marcus Santos Silva. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, when that happens, guys can really break out. And I think, um, you know, we'll see where he goes in terms of next year if he gets more and more minutes but certainly by the time he's a junior he could be a real stud for us so before we close this out i want to ask the panel here uh basically we're halfway through the atlantic 10 so i wanted to get y'all's thoughts on who do you guys think are the legit threats to win the conference regular season and then who are your likely picks for the double buy, basically your top four, and then um, and then we'll sign off. So I want to know what you guys think about that. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I would. I at this point, I think Davidson is a lock. Yeah. To, to win the regular season, uh, mainly because you know they, I think they have just a few top 100 opponents left on their schedule. They have three. <laughs> three, yeah. So, no, um, no, top 100, pardon me, that's top 200. They have one top 100 pennant. Yeah. Only three top 200. The rest of their games are sub 200 teams. Yeah, um, I would say, I would say um, top four, you know, four double buys at this point, I would think probably Davidson, VCU, um, man, Dayton, I, I'm not sure. I, not a believer. I kind of like that Duquesne team, honestly. I'd like to mm-hmm. see them finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. But um, well, they host Dayton to finish the season, so that could be a serious game. Yeah. 
with yeah. the tournament implications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll say Davidson, VCU, Dayton, Duquesne, and right. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not going to stray too much from that. Uh, Davidson, um, regular season, and uh, so Davidson, VCU, um, Dayton. I'm not a big uh, Mason believer. Um, especially after seeing him and seeing how easy it was to kind of just, uh, you know, yeah, just shut down Otis Livingston. And, and what are they going to do? I know, you know, um, Boyd can can get some numbers, but, uh, you know, um, so I can't have them in there in the top four. And, um, yeah, I mean, I like, even though we beat them, I still kind of like what I saw out of Duquesne. Dude, isn't it, isn't it crazy to think that St. Louis was looking to be one of the best teams, and they just lost by 30 to St. Joe's on the road? That's rim. crazy. That's crazy. I mean, that's awful. They were preseason number one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think a big loss for that, not to go off on this tangent, but when they lost the kid Cartar Gordon, or Cartier Gordon, oh, pardon yeah. me. The freshman um, kid. Yeah, when they lost him, he was one of their only efficient shooters on that whole roster. Um, he's... <laughs> Here's a crazy stat. He's the only person on that whole roster with an effective field goal percentage above 50%. And then, you know, once he left, I mean, I really worried about them. And so we're, we're seeing them struggle. We're seeing them basically become what they were last year, which was a, an average team. They finished 9-9 last year. Yeah. Marcus. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to say Davidson, VCU. Um, I think Dayton will hold on for third, maybe. Um, I'm going to go fourth. My dark horse is going to be the Bonnies. Um, I think I like the Bonnies game. sneak in. I think um, that would be sneaking in. Yeah. I don't think George. I think they they only played George Mason once, and it's at St. Bonaventure, um, and I think that could probably give Bonnie any sort of tiebreaker that would potentially come up. But I think Bonnie's sneak in. That would be fun for the A-10. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, Lord knows we'd, yeah. we would love to see Bonnie fans there uh, Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. I mean, yeah, I guess so. As long as we're not <laughs> playing them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. No. Give it. All right, Shelton. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think... Um, Davidson is obviously a lock for a top four, and I think they're pretty much a lock to win the league, especially because they played us once, which was at their place. We blew the lead. They beat us. That's a head-to-head tiebreaker. They pretty much, barring some serious letdowns, they should win the regular season. But I think that's more due to the unbalanced schedule than them just being better than other teams, Um, although they are good. But I think Davidson and VCU are my two confident picks. And then it's just, honestly, after that, it gets a little messy. Um, You know, I I like a bit of Mason's schedule. Um, They got some real easy games left. They do have to go to St. Bonaventure, which is going to be interesting. Although they have defeated them once, they beat them pretty badly. Mm. So that that has some... And then they have to... They host Duquesne. So I, I don't know. In terms of just like, you know, Davidson, VCU... I'll kind of plug Mason in there, and I'll, I'll go with Dayton just because these are basically the teams Ken Palm thinks will finish in the top four. But I like I like that St. Bonaventure pick. I think they're getting 
a bit hot at the right time and get mature and they have like a fairly winnable schedule so i think they could sneak in there as as could duquesne so but but i'll go with vcu davidson dayton and mason just just to be easy yeah but yeah i guess that'll uh, pretty much wrap it up any closing thoughts you guys heading into st bonaventure gotta get that w looking forward to richmond on uh wednesday too isn't it yeah, uh, they just beat Mason too, right? So, you know they're this amped. Is true. Beat him, beat him pretty, pretty badly actually yeah, too. So, handedly. so yeah, I think if we can grab that one tomorrow, um, we should be in pretty good shape. Obviously, in, in terms of the top four, um, but you know we'll keep the heat on Davidson. So, yeah. look forward to tomorrow's game, and uh, I guess we'll see everyone at Richmond. That's a, that's a wrap, gentlemen.